Welcome back, everyone, to the Postmodern Family Podcast. This is the Postmod Pod. This is episode two. We're going to start out today, or actually, we should always introduce introduce ourselves because some people might be new to our podcast. Amateur so, hour. I know. I'm Lillian. <laughs> I'm Felipe. I'm a traditional housewife. And I'm a man. <laughs> as controversial as that is to say in our day. Ouch. So today we're going to start out with a little icebreaker because I figured I would copy a lot of the podcasts that I like and they do a little like fun questions. So mm. Felipe, mm. what is your favorite hot drink? Well, I would say that it was initially when I came over to the United Kingdom that it was coffee and then it transitioned a bit to tea and then I discovered I was betraying my american soul okay so i came back to coffee i see I and i'm see. back in coffee you're back, back in the doing bit, coffee back in the saddle true caffeine warrior i will never get over the amazing austin powers from the mm. university we went to so there was like a cafe that sold mm. it was one third hot chocolate one third coffee and one third chocolate milk and it was amazing. But how about favorite hot drink that you regularly have? Not like a once in a lifetime oh, hot drink. That I, I I like tea. I do. Okay. And I've actually grown to love just what they call normal tea here in the UK. It's like a breakfast blend, breakfast tea. Um, specifically, 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 I like PG tips. Mm. Um, but we don't drink that. Is that do the the yeah, keys in the tip or something? What? Isn't there some what's the phrase for PG tip? Oh the 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 not the key, the um the something's in the tip? Something like the that. The taste? Maybe. Just a tip, please. But I I really like their decaf because decaf tea is hard to find that tastes good. And their decaf tea is the tasty decaf, I think they say tasty decaf. So that's my favorite hot drink. And I realize that also we should probably go back to circle back around to what our podcast is about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you want to do a little intro on that? What? Sure. What we're going to be talking about? Yeah. So um, this podcast is an outgrowth of a groaning desire from the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel has become mainly a comedy reaction channel, which is fine and good. It's entertaining and we enjoy it. But I think there is uh, a still a longing to discuss serious matters, which mm. makes its way to some of the reactions. Um, but it does tend to clash with some of the expectations of the viewers of the YouTube. They're there for comedy, giggles, and to watch us confidently describe and explain what British comedy is like when we, in fact, don't understand it at all. That is the irony of it. Mm. So you said, why don't we have a podcast where we can express some more serious views? And so we are starting off by having three current affairs topics from each of us. So I pick three and you pick three. And we're going to just opine and stream of consciousness it. That's right. Yeah. That's the podcast. That's it. Six current, current affairs stories. And just a wide-ranging, open discussion. That's right. Cool. All right. So then the other question I wanted to ask for the icebreaker is, what's your favorite biscuit? 
again, this is one that has evolved over the years. Before I came to England, my favorite biscuit was the KFC biscuit. Um, and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then when I came to England, I discovered that that isn't a biscuit. They don't have that here. <laughs> uh, and being the proprietors and sole owners of the language called English, I bowed the knee and said, okay, well, we'll pick a biscuit, a true, proper biscuit. And I got on the digestives bandwagon early. That is the milk chocolate digestives mm -hmm. bandwagon. And then I transitioned into the dark chocolate digestives mm -hmm. bandwagon. But... On one occasion when that biscuit ran out, you ordered something different. And it was a generic brand biscuit called Tesco's. It was the Tesco Digestive uh, Milk Chocolate Is that what thing. it's called? But it has doesn't have a layer of chocolate on top. It just has chocolate chips Oh, yes. That. That's a different one. What yeah. is that? It's just a chocolate chip digestive, but it's not. It's still called a digestive. I think they call them. Maybe not. I think we need a it's fact a checker. Whoever's listening, please fact check this. <laughs> Um, it is a just an ordinary biscuit with chocolate chips in it from Tesco's, yeah. and that is now my favorite. Okay, I really so that it. was for a while. I was the on the um, hobnob, the chocolate hobnobs. I really liked, but mm. same thing. Then I realized this chocolate chip biscuit. It just tastes so good, especially when it's dunked you can't copy me. into coffee. But last week. Someone brought these Oaties. Have you mm. seen the Oaties? No. It's got milk on the top and it's got an oat-based biscuit. Milk on the top. Milk chocolate, sorry. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really good. So I think I'm I'm on that now. Yeah, we'll the see. The Oaties. Oaties. Mm. Yes. Yummy. I like the texture. I like crunch. Never heard of it. Oh, well, anyway. Mm. So, all right. Well, let's dive in into... Let's... Let's go with your three, and we'll close with my three. Sure. Okay, so... Um, non okay. All right. So the first... Because I've conveniently labeled mine, and it's very clear. Yeah, well, now I'm looking from your phone, so I'm now confused because I'm like, who is, who's talking here? Okay. All right, so I think we were just going to go for one, two... Three. That's right. Okay. The first one I wanted to just mention is this YouTube video of reporting on the school chaplain who was reported to the terrorist watchdog for LGBT plus sermon. And what was kind of crazy about this so, story. So tell, yeah, tell us the whole story. The story is that th this is like a regular Church of England vicar who is a chaplain mm. at a the local school. school a church of england school is that's it a right church of england school okay it's a church of england school right. his role there is to be the religious you know the oversight and mm. he preached something about how it's okay to have questions and and ask questions when it comes mm. to um the lgbt issues don't right. be afraid to ask questions and you should know for yourself mm. and he wasn't even hardline saying one side or the other side. In fact, he, mm. I think someone posted his actual sermon, so you could go and read it if you had the time. But the, the gist of it was that he wasn't, I mean, we would kind of call him kind of like a milquetoast Christian okay. in the sense that, okay. yeah, he didn't want to stir up anything, and he was being very peaceful about it. Mm. And 
people were not happy that he was um, he wasn't embracing mm. the LGBT like so it wasn't um, it. he wasn't rejecting the agenda he wasn't he was staying neutral he was and that's what they were outlined they out, were upset about. by that mm. so much so that they got him fired basically and reported him to the terrorist organization mm. saying that he's like not to the terrorist organization, but the organization mm. against terrorism, right, 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 that right. he was a mm. terrorist. I um, was speaking to somebody today about this story, and they said that it's developed further in that the Christian Legal Center mm -hmm. took up his case, mm -hmm. and they lost. Really? Yes, they lost. Um, I'm not sure if they're appealing it or not, Man. but... Um, the ruling was upheld that he was rightly reported and no wrongdoing was uh, was done over his speech violation. There's got to be a copy of his speech. Oh, I kind of want to, maybe we should read something about from his speech, his little sermon. Okay. Hmm. Can we find it? I'm going to have to cut out all this dead space, aren't I? Well, you could just move on. Yeah, maybe we'll move on. I'm really I'm shocked. Now I want to go back and read exactly what he wrote. But it sounds like he was shocked. Because he had no particular agenda. Mm -hmm. He was just doing his job as he would normally do. And mm -hmm. he was targeted. And then yeah. that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So anyway, a lot of people were saying from our YouTube channel that, you know, that Christianity is accepted and you can say whatever you want. And, mm -hmm. and I feel like there's more and more mounting evidence that, no, it's not acceptable. You can mm -hmm. you can be all other religions except Christian, and you can yeah. hold all other beliefs except Christian beliefs. It seems. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really no, disappointed by that. Only only one religion is accepted and sanctioned, and that is secularism. <laughs> is it? Mm, yeah, and well, but the, and there will be other religions who, which are tolerated and allowed to exist. But um, secularism takes the pride of place, takes all the privileges mm -hmm. these days, and provided it's politically incorrect to sanction other religions, then those will be permitted to exist. But it is not politically incorrect, or it is politically fine to sanction Christians. So I just don't get why... I guess it kind of fits into this critical race theory narrative about white privilege. It's kind of like the majority or the old majority rule is mm. needs to be overturned. Is mm. that maybe why Christianity is being targeted because it was the dominating factor for many, many years for thousands, maybe. Maybe. Um, and that's why now it's like, mm. we don't want that anymore. We have to pull down. We have the, just like about white privilege. We have to cancel all of these mm. white People and classical studies are getting canceled. Could be. Yeah, could be. Uh, and I think we mentioned, was it the last podcast that you talked about the Church of England is only allowing 
uh, I don't think I mentioned that last time. As new ministers, mm-hmm. as new ordinance. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. Mm. But on the same, I just feel like on the, um, on the point of Christianity, there's something about Christianity that is extremely unifying, that goes across race, culture, mm. everything. Mm. And that unifying factor is having faith mm. in Jesus Christ. Mm. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you look like. Um, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past, mm-hmm. right? All of these things doesn't matter as long as you've put your faith in Christ and you've changed, you've repented, and that's yeah. that's a unifying factor. And I I wonder if a part of this I don't know if there is a nefarious agenda, but the agenda to rule and have power over the mass would be then to get rid of unifying factors. The masses. The masses. Mm. So like getting rid of things that bring people together. Also, Mm. I was just, we were just spending a lot of time with some classical educators and they say how classical education teaches a child to learn how to think properly Mm. and to reason and logic. And one, what's interesting is because I used to be a teacher I went to university for education and never once did I hear about classical education. And I wonder if the reason for that is because they don't really want people to think properly. And similarly, they don't really want Christians to be unifying people across the board. So if you remind if you you remain divisive, then you'll have power. Does that make sense? No. I I think it's it's way simpler than that. I think these <laughs> the, the people who are in power have a view and they demand that that view be accepted and promoted. But as does Christianity really go against that view? Of course it does. In, course it does. Okay. All right, then so, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> but then I, I just feel like this guy is not even, you know, he's not, he's not one a of the people. Brand. He's not. He's just like a run-of-the-mill Church of England guy. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was being targeted. That's just weird to me. Well, it's as weird as making a whole documentary about how a traditional family exists. <laughs> so the things that have been normal for millennia are now aberrations. Mm. So that's the new paradigm. Okay. Let's move on to something totally different. Um, this is on EV Magazine. What's EV Magazine? Is EV Magazine is a women's magazine. magazine. So is that written by women for women? Yeah, it is. But it's mm-hmm. not like one of those gossip magazines. It's really pro-femininity and um, lasting marriages and things like that. So not like 10 tips to beat 10 Not pounds. like Cosmo. No, not like okay. Cosmo. So this heading says, Amber Heard investigated for perjury. Police body camera footage could prove her guilt by mm. Paula Gallagher. Uh, and it says Who's that... Who's Amber Heard to begin with? Amber Heard is an American actress, right? I'm not sure. I'm not. She's an actress that was with... Um, Elon Musk dated her, I thought. Yes, for a brief time. Mm. Apparently, she broke his heart. Mm. <laughs> he was really sad about that breakup. But um, Johnny Depp, remember... Mm. He they married made, her, didn't Yes, he? and they made the headlines that... That supposedly, like, I mean, it showed like his um, bruised face or something saying that mm. she mm. hit, like she physically hurt him mm. and that he 
was it, he was abusive or something like that. He's emotionally mm. abusive. I don't know. So they got divorced and was it the press that published an account of what he did to her supposedly and he sued the press and therefore that case revealed publicly everything that had occurred between the no, two No, yeah, them. listen to this. It says, according to German outlet Bild, Amber Heard lied and faked evidence about the big fight she had in 2016 with Johnny Depp that led to their divorce. If proven guilty of perjury, Heard could be sentenced to up to four years in prison. Mm. In Isn't what that... jurisdiction? In England. Isn't that where the, um, was that where the case was? I, I guess it would so. make sense if she's English. Is she English? I'm not sure. Look it up. I don't know if I want to spend time looking things up. Okay, we'll keep talking as I look Okay, it you up. look it up. Um, yeah, so what was what I I just felt like I wanted to talk about this because this came after the hashtag MeToo movement. So do you remember MeToo was all about like women are being harassed all the time and yeah. any guy looking at you could be undressing you with his eyes and therefore he's Hmm. harassing you or hmm. something like that and like all the women from the woodworks no matter how ugly or attractive were saying hashtag me too i've had these experiences where i've had hmm. to um put up with male attention or chauvinism in order to get ahead in, in their careers mm -hmm. and then so i think then when this thing came out with johnny depp seemingly to be beat up like he was you could physically see mm. that there was a, a problem um but then still she was seen as the victim mm -hmm. and then people all said like how abusive men are yeah mm. they just use it as an example and then here it is what five years later and it's turned around and i feel like this is a good thing that's happening because women Sin too. You know, women lie. Women hurt, use their fists and mm -hmm. physically fight. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope if she does, if she does get proven that she lied, I hope she spends years in prison. Because I know think that's not women, happen, especially I just, not in the UK. So yeah, the case was uh, heard in the UK because it was a British tabloid that okay. Johnny Depp was suing oh. for libel, and oh. he lost. Oh okay. When was that? That was in 2018. Okay. The suit. Right. But then what's this thing? This was written in May 10th, 2021. The perjury thing. Well, it's highlight. It's written recently, which is, from what it seems, is unearthing the, the potential scenario by which she perjured herself or she committed perjury, um, which means she lied based on, yeah. on body Footage, body camera footage. Right. Heard also claimed that Depp hurled a phone in her face and ripped out clumps of her hair. However, never before released body camera footage from the LAPD officers who responded to two separate 911 calls that night throw suspicion on Heard's veracity. Mm. Man, I hope it, I really hope that women stop taking advantage of the system or that the system gets fixed. I feel like it's. Mm -hmm. totally against men mm -hmm. you know like women can if women if women fight and physically hit a man right mm -hmm. it's not going to cause as much damage usually as a man hitting women a man you know mm -hmm. it should mm -hmm. never get to that point and men shouldn't i don't think hit women even if i don't know, some people argue with that some people think they should be completely equal like oh mm -hmm. you hit me i hit you um but mm -hmm. 
I think those are, that's just in this postmodern feminist world where they think men and women are exactly the same. But anyway, I'm glad to see this news. What about you? Um, I lost interest a while ago. Mm. Um, I don't think there's going to be any reform of the judicial system anytime soon. Okay. Uh, the trend continues to uh, go towards subduing men as much as possible. And so, yeah, so what if she perjured herself? That's not like going to lead to some kind of change in laws or anything. Um, I think the only the only buck of that trend I've seen is at a handful of universities, which initially, in the U.S. at least, initially they passed a policy of uh, believe the victim. Mm-hmm which meant that any any male student that was accused of rape or anything would be found guilty re- just on the back of the... Believing the victims. The, believing the victims. The accusers. The accusers. Mm-hmm. So some universities have revoked that. I think that's the only trend I've seen against because there were many... There were a few cases, a handful of cases, that students actually countersued uh, mm-hmm. or sued the university for wrongful expo- uh, expelling, yeah. expulsion, and won. And so yeah, good. many universities, a few universities have backtracked on that. But mm-hmm. in terms of uh, civil law or, or criminal law, I haven't seen any any backing, uh, backing away from, from this trend. And this is why I think many men just are not marrying, mm-hmm. um, especially in the secular world. And if, if, if the majority of the West is now secular and the criminal justice system and the civil system is all is in favor of women, mm-hmm. is biased towards women, there's no incentive to get married. Yeah. Um, and so what it actually does is it incentivizes um, lack of commitment and it perpetuates single motherhood mm-hmm. um, and abortion mm-hmm. uh, as the fix against single motherhood. Right. So it's just a broken system mm-hmm. um, that is creating all kinds of havoc. All studies but- show that... That children raised in single parent families fare much worse and are more likely for criminal behavior to act criminally than children raised in, in father and mother parent, uh, households. Is it possible that young women these days don't know that information? Because it seems like they think young women don't know that. It's not like you enter young women enter the world and think, okay, what is the information on marriage? And no, I <laughs> I just wonder if they think that single parenthood and versus having a mother and a father are the same no um i don't think women enter the dating market saying to themselves or thinking to themselves this is the right structure that's going to ensure the success of my family come on let's be serious women women enter the dating market almost falling into it and just follow whatever is happening Mm. so if it's promiscuity then it's promiscuity this is why i really really don't like the invention of contraception because back before contraception um you kind of you knew that sexual intercourse could possibly lead to a baby Mm. and that you would have to take care of that baby right Mm. and this was also before abortion was legalized and so you were much more careful as to who you Mm. Um, have relations with and that helped guarantee a safer environment for you and the baby because you would want to choose someone that you trust that's mm. going to stick around mm. you know you don't you wouldn't just willy-nilly mm. do 
procreative acts mm. um, because you think you would be thinking about the possibility of getting pregnant. Mm. So we now fast forward to the modern day. People don't even think that they're ever going to get pregnant. And if they do get pregnant, they think they can just abort the baby. Mm. And um, so it, it just feeds into this promise promiscuous behavior where you're just sleeping mm -hmm. around and mm -hmm. and then uh besides the physical side the spiritual and emotional side of that is it's very emptying and i think young girls don't realize that that's the thing about evie magazine it does talk a lot about mm -hmm. the importance of remaining pure and and mm -hmm. just it's trying to buck that trend of hey don't yeah. um don't just give yourself away because mm. you think it's empowering or mm. fun or just, I don't know. But, and I remember, I, I think I believed in that um, mm. as a teenager thinking the more action you could get, the more like desirable you are, I guess. Mm. But that's just not true, right? I, is that true? Do men actually, are they more attracted to women who are known to have been more experienced in bed compared to... Attracted for what purpose is the question. So mm. if attracted for the sake of a quickie that comes without consequences, sluts and whores are more attractive for that. Mm. Attractive for a long-term commitment, if even boy men are looking for that. Mm -hmm. No, but most men are not looking for that. Anymore. I see. So the so the, so I guess the we should be focusing and reforming the men because. They choose, don't, wouldn't they kind of choose who they want to be with and how they mm. spend their time? Because I would want to attract a man that would want to spend money on me and take care of me. Like that's, mm. I think most women think like that. I don't think women are like, I want just a quickie. <laughs> no. Um, again, I think you're over intellectualizing or giving too much credit to how these decisions are made. I think most women are conventional. They're thinking I'm going to have a career and whatever comes my way, I'll, I'll see what happens. So the primary drive of their life is a career of some kind. Mm -hmm. And um, to that extent, they're willing to sacrifice the life of a committed relationship at the altar of a career. Mm -hmm. So they sleep around, they go around the merry-go-round. Mm. And then they hit the so-called wall when they realize two things. Firstly, their eggs are running out. And secondly, their, their beauty disappears with age. Mm -hmm. So they become desperate. They've mm -hmm. gone through the uh, merry-go-round of sleeping with the troubled guys mm -hmm. and the difficult guys and the guys that won't commit. And now they saddle up with a, um, a sort of lesser man who probably, let's, let's say, can take care of them financially and but is nowhere near dangerous, is nowhere near sort of aggressive. It's, it's, he's, a, he's a safe, kind, easy, you know, mm -hmm. guy that can make her happy, et cetera, mm -hmm. in, in, in those sort of uh, rom, maybe rom-com kind of ways okay. where the nice guy finishes first. That's, yeah, that yeah, delusion. Yeah. So right. that is sort of the conventional trajectory that women have been going down okay. for a few generations now. Mm -hmm. Um they think they can have, at best, they think they can have both a career and a family. Mm -hmm. um, so they go for the career first, they hit the wall, and then they settle. Mm -hmm. And so that poor sap who gets that girl in the mid-late 30s is maybe taking af looking after someone else's kid that she's, or 
you know, very used up individual. Yeah, but a lot of people think that that's a very honorable thing to do to take care of someone else's kid, right? I mean, kids need fathers. Yeah, but back to, to, to the comment of who needs reforming, both sexes need reforming, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and depending on what your worldview is as to who exercises the most influence in society, whether it's men or women, then if you believe, as, as we do, that that men drive the majority of cultural change and cultural um, demise or increase. If you look at Pornhub, it's owned by men. Perpetuators of porn is our owners. The owners are men. Planned Parenthood was perpetuated and grown by men, although I guess the CEO now is a woman. But um, all the the vices that keep men weak and unable to have positive change in the world are perpetuated by men. But I, wait, I thought Planned Parenthood was started by Margaret Sanger. She might have been started, but it didn't become this multi-billion hmm. dollar entity through the stewardship of woman after woman. And then OnlyFans, is that by men? It is, 100%. OnlyFans is... Peace. Yeah. So these are all men who are enslaving other men through mm -hmm. vice. Mm -hmm. And... Um, this is why men must be dangerous. This is why being a man is has a shorter life expectancy than women uh, than, than than the life of a woman does, um, because men are both the perpetuators of evil and the perpetuators of good, um, and women follow along, mm -hmm. and so men need to uh, rid society of these of these purveyors of sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think Evie just magazine actually just published an article said that porn should be illegal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She said, um, and then someone else also on Twitter said we should ban porn. Mm -hmm. And she said that just Robin was saying that she mm -hmm. said, um, yeah, that, that mostly men were the ones mm -hmm. who were not it's agreeing like, with exactly. her. Exactly. It's like saying, taking away alcohol from an addict. Mm -hmm. They're not going to say yes. Oh, they're going to fight to the death, taking away crack from a crack addict. It, where, where they've really won are all of these women who think that they're winners because they get to make money off of their body. Oh, you mean in OnlyFans? Yeah. And they, I think I've seen some of the figures. It's it's like one It's like less than a percent of the of the profiles on OnlyFans that make ninety percent of mm -hmm. the money. So the 99% or so of, of the other women who mm -hmm. are trying to make money are selling themselves to the cheapest, you know, to the absolute lowest. They're not making money. Mm -hmm. it's, an, it's, a, it's, it's an illusion perpetuated by men, by the way, to continue to rope in women um, into this thing, to debase themselves, to, loot, to throw away their chastity. It's That's a crazy. sick, disgusting thing. Mm. That's gross. Mm. <laughs> anyway, mm. uh, it was the other gross thing though I've heard is that like boyfriends suggesting that their girlfriends do or husbands even create a profile so we they can, can make, make money. money. Can you imagine? No, I can't. <laughs> it's disgusting. Uh, okay, and then another the next one that I have is a tweet from Ian Miles Chung at Still Gray. It says America's army doesn't stand a chance at this rate. And it's this video of a Russian army recruit video. 
compared to an American compared to an American video. recruit mm. video. And I wonder mm. if I should just play it if I can play it into the speaker here. Um, all right, here it goes. So it basically has like jacked up men who are getting ready to fight. Mm. Loading guns. Does it have subtitles? Doing, no, doing push-ups, jumping mm. out of airplanes, and it's like hardcore. Mm. And then here comes the American one. It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my call. <laughs> and she's like, this is that little voice, and she's like, She's just kind of smiling as she talks to the camera. I'm, you know, and I found my calling. Yeah. And you're like, do I want an army of these tiny little girls who are like, oh, I found my calling in the army? Or do I want these super hardcore, not smiling men doing, you know, it's just so different. Yeah. <laughs> do people actually think they're going to recruit a good army using this advert? No, I think, again, it's not as simple as that. What we're seeing with the Biden administration is what we saw with the Trump administration. And before that, what we saw with the Obama administration, which is every successor, if they come from the opposing party, mm -hmm. will try to repudiate the agenda, mm. not just at a policy level, but at an ethos level of their predecessor. Mm -hmm. So Trump, rightly or wrongly, was depicted as a radical conservative who wants to take us back to the Stone Age and as an enemy of the alphabet soup and as an enemy of all things modern and liberal and progressive. Okay. So in comes Biden, and he's the champion of the opposite agenda. Okay. And so he has to signal, he, he wants to signal that there has indeed been a dramatic changing of the guards, that there's a new America. Uh -huh. um, so there's this interest of perception. The administration wants to be perceived as, um, as the ally of all these, um, these classic liberal progressive uh, points. So, no, they're not they're not making that ad to recruit. Of course not. They're making that ad to signal that they are the heroes of okay. the progressive agenda, period. Hmm. To what end? Because they're protecting, they're creating a brand. Okay. That's brand development and brand protect protection. And you think that the majority population in America is on board with this? They don't care. They want their brand to be something specific. And they think that that brand um, overall not on those specific issues, but if the brand overall is liberal, progressive, moving forward, mm -hmm. that that's going to win elections. How many years ago was it that um, Biden was um, serving? He was he was kind of a well-known... What, senator? Yeah, that's right. Before being vice president. That's right, mean? yeah. Mm -hmm. And back then, he wasn't 
He wasn't like this, right? He, he was, wasn't Cena. He was kind of like conservative, wasn't he? He was kind of like old school, old boy. He was, he was sort of um, what you might say is old labor party here in the UK. Okay. Um, he stood for workers and he was, he was very, very bullish on criminal, ref, uh, not reform, but on going hard on criminals yeah that's what i thought um and uh bordering on today he would be called racist if mm -hmm. he talked like he did before mm -hmm. so he was yeah he was old school blue collar workers mm -hmm. rights kind of like a teddy uh, theodore uh, franklin roosevelt figure okay uh, Which, but now he's like totally. Like you said he's senile. I don't even think he knows what's going on. No. Like I don't even think he knows this image that they want to create out mm. of his campaign. I don't think the he would even agree is, with is it. Is he even aware? Yeah, what's happening in his life, <laughs> or is he just being held by the hand from Poor guy. moment to moment? Yeah, yeah. I I actually don't blame him. I really don't think he's no the mastermind uh, behind any of this. No, no, no. Poor guy. <laughs> But yeah, if that were if that were what's filling up America's army, I think America is doomed. Yeah, but um, again, I think the the real question is what are the consequences of cultivating that brand, um, especially for the armed services? Not in the sense mm -hmm. of are they going to recruit people like that, but. Right. Will it um, de-incentivize real warriors from mm. signing up? That and also, um, what is the perception of the U.S. Army compared uh, from the Russians? Let's say, let's say the okay, Russians so that, look at that. That doesn't really matter. It, in, to, you don't to, think it would make them feel more empowered to, to be honest, challenge? No, to be honest, America? that's a good thing, right? So you want. Shinzu and all great military tacticians say the element of surprise is the most important element in mm. battle. And I pray God that Russia and China think we're a bunch of wimps. Okay, okay. But we're not. Okay. Um, so the real concern isn't, oh, will it embolden China and Russia to attack us? The real question is, will it in fact on the ground um, be the demise of real fighting men mm. in the U.S. Army? And in, in the U.S. services. So right now, how do they treat women in the services? Like Depends on what facet, what branch, what like, subgroup. I just wonder if, um, I, from watching a lot of army movies and stuff like that, mm. you have to trust your brother, your band of brothers. You have to trust the guy next to you to hold mm. their own and carry you if you need to. You know, you need to really. Yeah, yeah. Have faith and be willing to die for them, and have and and believe that they will do the same for you. This is the thing, right? So the even the when a, when a nation says they have millions of soldiers, what they really mean. So the the real fighting, if it came down to hand to hand, man to man, mm -hmm. um, infantry type stuff, mm -hmm. that it's only a single digit percentage of that army that actually is are the warriors. Mm -hmm. The rest are support logistics, air cover, sea cover, etc. Right. And the fact is that those single-digit percentage of roles are still predominantly um, placed for men. men. Okay. Men. Even though they've started signaling that they've opened up ranger school for women, they've opened up 
seal uh, but they'll do like women. behind they won't do the frontline hand-to-hand combat kind of stuff no no they've opened up the fullness oh. of the role to women recently yeah but I they think... still are subject to the standards but if i was a if i was a man i would i would be worried that i would have like a weak link basically i would always be i guess yeah are men worried that they're going to be weak links in their team They'll always they'll, they'll always be that okay. certainly, but that and so it doesn't matter that, the gender. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the, you always have the weakest link because not all men are going to be equal, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. in an elite fighting team. Mm-hmm. So um, the question is, the weakest link is now even weaker than it would have been before. Uh, mm-hmm. You see, so so I think yeah, the real concern is will this lead to a declining in recruitment of right. real warriors? Are there are they allowing women in the Marines? They've allowed women in the Marines really? for a long time, yeah. So then all of the armed forces have women in them. There's not like one that's held out and said, you know, we're not going to have The last women. one to hold out were uh, the Marines. That's what I, I think, thought. And I think they've recently uh, permitted it. Because I would wonder then if you were serious about it, then you would want to be in the Marines if you knew that they didn't they allow women. They still have that aura. They still have that aura. Um but the fact is that you don't really recruit the most capable and intensive warriors until a real cause emerges. Okay. So during peacetime, you you do get great men, etc. But you don't get like World War Two. You you know World War Two. You get you get real heroes, mm-hmm. real men that are giants. Because the cause is so great and so mm-hmm. clear, um, 9-11, mm-hmm. you get incredible volunteers. You get guys that are like football players who said, you know what, I'm going to throw away millions and just go fight and mm-hmm. become a special forces warrior. So when the cause emerges, then you get that draw. But so it's okay. W- without the are cause. Are we in peacetime right now? We are in peacetime. Whatever happened to the wars and from the result of 9-11? They've sort of... Sort of Dissipated into a quagmire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've reduced forces and left chaos, really, kind of. So it's like we're done there now. We're done. So, yeah, we're slipping slowly, gradually slipping away uh, from the incredible waste of blood and treasure that those things were. Um, so, so yeah, the real question, because I think if they continue this way, uh, the real warriors will not sign up. Mm-hmm. There'll be a sudden provocation. We'll lose that sudden provocation. Mm-hmm. It won't be a war that we lose, but it'll be like a battle. It'll be like mm-hmm. a per- like a sudden attack, like Pearl Harbor or something mm-hmm. like that. We'll lose it. And the real question is, will there be enough time to respond with real men? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the question mm-hmm. that people should be asking. So then bringing it to the UK, what is the situation here? Are there women in all the forces? I think so. Yeah, every everything has been open to women, um, but I think, I think they've been more straightforward about it's one standard, and you have to pass that standard. Good. Yeah. Whereas I think, for example, in the U.S. Army, regular army, there are two standards. Right. There's the woman's um, standard, and then there's yeah, the men's exactly. standard. Um, so I think the U.K. has been more straightforward and say, yeah, every role is open up to to women, but there's a single standard. And the standard for the SAS and the special forces are incredible standards. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, one of our 
commentators was saying that the SAS is better than the SEALs. Is that true, you think? I don't know. I'm not in a position <laughs> to say one way or another. So it's my turn now, huh? Yes. Okay, finally. I think that went for a long time. No, it didn't. Um, so the first story for me was the statement by uh, the Duke of Cambridge, Prince William, mm-hmm. on the BBC's or the BBC investigation, the Dyson investigation of the BBC. Let's see if we can play it. Yeah. Uh, so here we go. I would like to thank Lord Dyson and his team for the report. It is welcome that the BBC accepts Lord Dyson's findings in full, which are extremely concerning. That BBC employees lied and used fake documents to obtain the interview with my mother, made lurid and false claims about the royal family, which played on her fears and fueled paranoia, displayed woeful incompetence when investigating complaints and concerns about the programme, and were evasive in their reporting to the media and covered up what they knew from their internal investigation. It is my view that the deceitful way the interview was obtained substantially influenced what my mother said. The interview was a major contribution to making my parents' relationship worse and has since hurt countless others. It brings indescribable sadness to know that the BBC's failures contributed significantly to her fear, paranoia and isolation that I remember from those final years with her. But what saddens me most is that if the BBC had properly investigated the complaints and concerns first raised in 1995, my mother would have known that she had been deceived. She was failed not just by a rogue reporter, but by leaders of the BBC who looked the other way rather than asking the tough questions. It is my firm view that this panorama programme holds no legitimacy and should never be aired again. It effectively established a false narrative, which for over a quarter of a century has been commercialized by the BBC and others. This settled narrative now needs to be addressed by the BBC and anyone else who has written or intends to write about these events. In an era of fake news, public service broadcasting and a free press have never been more important. These failings, identified by investigative journalists, not only let my mother down and my family down, they let the public down too. Hmm. So, so yeah, so that's uh, a statement on the back of uh, the completion of that Dyson investigation, which looked into the events surrounding how the BBC persuaded Princess Diana to do that famous interview in 1995 mm-hmm. with, um, what's his name? I don't know. Um, with um one second here <laughs> with um with uh Bashir. Mm-hmm. Um and so I don't know the substance of the investigation, but I think it it's in essence found that deception was used to persuade her to do the interview. Mm-hmm. As as Prince William said, salacious statements um were made. Um, or lurid, sorry, lurid statements were made uh, about the royal family, I guess, maybe about infidelity or something. And she felt like she needed to... Well, you imagine, you, you're a woman that's already in a difficult marriage. Um, 
with a husband that is perhaps having affairs. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know one way or another. And so you need you have a shoulder to cry on this, and, and then the BBC sort of here stirring it up, saying, "Yeah, that is true." And, and in fact, these other things are happening, and so that's agitating someone that's already on the back foot about her standing and perhaps incentivizing her to set the record straight and clear things out and make make her views her side of the story known mm-hmm. um and and then what was the result of the interview when- well it seems to be that she was not painted in a good light mm-hmm. uh, at least to the british people so it, it didn't accomplish what she thought it would accomplish it seems that way yeah and that it troubled her hmm. from that point onward. And I, I suppose Prince William is saying that it maybe contributed to her increasing instability and decline overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just thought there were a couple things that I wanted that really made me interested in this story. Firstly, that I don't know of any another time, and I'm not that familiar, but of any other time where the royal family was at odds with the BBC mm. publicly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure backroom chatter and backroom um, channels have been used to clarify press stories and things like that. But the public doesn't see that. Mm-hmm. But this now, the public is seeing an open dispute between the royal family and the BBC. And the BBC is meant to be an instrument of the government. And the mm-hmm. government is meant to be the servant of the, of the royal queen. Family. Mm-hmm. Um, and the queen's supposed to be, yeah, the servant of the people. Mm-hmm. So you have you have this situation where one is at odds with the other. The servant is at odds with them who they're supposed to be serving. And um, it's interesting because it seems like the royal family very cautiously exercises um authority in any way or mm-hmm. or um let's say rarely comments on public things um of this nature so they have very little capital of this kind mm-hmm. very little capital and so it seemed i would say they would choose wisely on how they use this capital mm-hmm. so to think that they green lighted this the use statement. of this capital mm-hmm. um Seems to suggest that this is very important. It's the end. It's very important. It's the end of the BBC. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I mean that that um, the matter is so significant to the royal family mm-hmm. that they thought, okay, we're going to use some capital to mm-hmm. go to go to bat for this. Uh, that was my first thing, and the second thing um, was just I had never seen Prince William do anything beyond. Just charity statements and the opening up of buildings and doing little pictures and no real substantive commentary of any kind that wasn't Mm. sort of -of run-of-the-mill talking points that Mm -hmm. would not offend anyone. Right, right. Praise for the NHS. Thank you, key workers. Oh, Mm -hmm. we're all in this together. I'm getting my jab. He got his jab a couple days Mm -hmm. back. So to see him scowling, um, he was scowling through that whole statement. And he was very firm and to criticize. It's, it's open. It's an open rebuke. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I won. So I just, I, it, it made me think, okay, so what does that say about his character? What kind of um, king is he going to be? Um, 
And I know that maybe maybe some commentators, some some listeners will think, well, I'm not really into the royal family. I don't really care about this stuff. Mm. But um, I think a constitutional monarchy versus a constitutional republic are quite quite closely quite closely matched in good forms of government. Um, you'll read that John Adams was preferred a constitutional monarchy over the constitutional republic that he helped form. So it isn't outlandish and un-American to suggest that there's a lot to admire in a constitutional monarchy. Mm-hmm. A lot of ardent Republicans who uh, would rather have a republic here, um, that that debate had its day and it was a bloody debate. And the British people happily reconstituted the monarchy. Now that monarchy has been neutered um, monarch after monarch after monarch. And so now you really just see a figurehead like on a currency almost that yeah. just um, that that just adorns the movements of state. Mm-hmm. It's just an adornment of sort. Mm-hmm. So to see it come out of that adornment and exercise some muscle mm-hmm. um, was really rare. Mm. Um, and I wonder what's going to come of it. Mm. Um, what do you think about? I think I th- I thought you shared this because we don't like the BBC and we think it should be defunded. So I thought this is <laughs> no. the beginning of the end of the BBC. Maybe um, I think it should be. It shouldn't be supported by taxpayer money or it shouldn't have this. What is it called? That TV license. TV, yeah. And see if it can stand on its own two feet um, based on their mm. their own reporting and journalistic ability. And I think they make some great. Like The Crown was BBC, right? No, that's Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> uh, Downton Abbey, was that BBC? I don't know. Yes, it, it like, was. Yeah, yes, it BBC was. Masterpiece or something. But that, that's so. only a masterpiece to Americans. I don't think the Brits. No, they do. Some, some like it. That. Some old ladies but what do. I, <laughs> but what I, I think it is, I think, I think it's time for the BBC to stop. It's existing existing <laughs> <laughs> in its current form at least yeah i yeah i don't know i think um it'll certainly add to the impetus there is a a growing call to defund the bbc mm-hmm. but um to me it seems like the church of england and all the other institutions institutions of 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 the uk mm-hmm. um the commonwealth the union They'll be they'll be nipping at the heels and a slow decline, but it, it won't it won't come to a sudden end. Mm. Um, so there won't be a sudden defunding of the BBC. I think they might. I don't know. They might uh, change the the fee structure. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a hybrid system where. People can buy into the BBC, but it gets some government support. Um, it's going to be knowing the British character for committee-based slow change. Um, that's what I expect it to be. Okay. Second story is 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 a lot less controversial, but of interest, which is the dip buying <laughs> buying the dip. Okay. Um, so this is cryptocurrency. 
And um, let's first do a little little uh, little test, little survey, if you will. What is cryptocurrency? Isn't it digital currency? What is digital currency? Instead of being backed by gold, uh-huh. uh, it's little coded currency that you somehow mine mm. using code that can only be that's very protected so it can't be mm. stolen easily i guess that's one thing about it yeah 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 so so a lot of people say that there's there's little difference between fiat currency which is like the pound the dollar mm-hmm. and cryptocurrency in that its value comes from demand Mm -hmm. and that demand can be artificially created or it can be manipulated. Mm -hmm. So for many years now, the U S dollar, since it abandoned the standard, the gold standard Mm -hmm. has been backed just by the belief that the American people and the American economy is strong and can pay off its debts. Okay. (laughs) So whenever the federal government offers up bonds to print more money, Mm -hmm. which is the old way. So you get off the standard, so then you sell bonds. Mm -hmm. And the the funds raised by bond sales then allows you to print more money. Mm -hmm. Um, So, in fact, the bonds are backing. Debt is backing the currency. Okay. These days, uh, it seems that they just print. That's crazy. Without the sale of bonds. That's crazy. So, um, so anyway, cryptocurrency is a fascinating topic of uh, of interest because now there are many um, many currencies out there. Before it was just Bitcoin. Now there's Ethereum, Litecoin, Dogecoin, etc. And the 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 price seems to be easily manipulated now. Okay. So what's been happening is Elon Musk, as an example, makes a tweet. Back a few months ago, he said Tesla is going to allow the purchase of vehicles using Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And um, before making that statement, apparently Musk had purchased a lot of Bitcoin. Mm Mm-hmm. And so immediately when that statement was released, the price of Bitcoin went up. Right. The demand went up because right. oh, people are excited now. Actually, you can actually do things with, with it. It isn't yeah, just yeah. this sort of thing that sits in your hard drive. Right, right. And um, he became instantly the richest man in the world on that basis. He was close already. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, then, um, and then he fell out of love with Bitcoin. Bitcoin. But before making statements about falling out of love, he, sold. he started selling. Oh, God. So, so, <laughs> so you have this scenario by which, which you see in stocks as well, yeah, where uh, various big institutions and individuals mm-hmm. um, play the market and influence. Is that allowed? The Is that There's allowed? There's nothing illegal about what he did. Okay. <laughs> the fact that he owns so much Bitcoin um, and then makes a statement. So what? It's not. It, I. I mean, what is it, insider trading? He, yeah, he like inside his inside, mind. Yeah. <laughs> so he got a tip from himself. So so yeah. Um, 
And now recently today, China put out a statement saying that they're going to restrict Bitcoin mining okay. in its own country. So now there's all this talk about environmentalism and the environmental impact of Bitcoin mining because it requires so much power to, <laughs> to for the computers to solve the equations okay. and the puzzles to mine the Bitcoin. Okay. So that's what Musk said. He's like, I think it's too environmentally impactful. And so we're going to move away from Bitcoin. Tesla no longer accepts Bitcoin. Wow. Um, so. But it, then, and then Dogecoin was the next thing he was talking about, right? Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> logically, the question is, does Dogecoin do anything different than uh, I, no, I, I, I don't know the technology. So. I don't know the technology. I keep getting ads well. on my Twitter, though. It's like mm. every time I open up Twitter, it says mm. buy Dogecoin. But um, I read a good tweet today that said, you know, you're in a, a space that could lead to a lot of wealth mm -hmm. if it feels like the wild, wild west, if it feels really unstable. Mm -hmm. So kind of like the gold rush um, in the 19th century mm -hmm. in the U.S., or the diamond rushes or things like that. It feels like it, like a rush. Mm -hmm. um, so we've, I've started to put a few, a, a few hundred pounds into, into it just to see um, how things change. And by the dip is, is just a phrase that once when, when, Bit, when, when these cryptos have a dip, you just go in and mm -hmm. you buy the dip. And then when you start seeing it recover, you start selling off. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a very active uh, activity, mm -hmm. um, and it seems like a lot of people are are getting into it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people sunk their COVID relief funds into mm -hmm. crypto coin and or stock funds. So it's it's just another another avenue where you can make your money work for you. Um, I've been seeing in our YouTube channel. I don't know if it's real people, but someone will make a crypto comment. And then there'll be 30, like 15 to 30 comments underneath saying, oh, we recommend so-and-so. He's a brilliant guy yeah, to yeah, crypto. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, this happens all the time. I'm in this group on Facebook, several groups on Facebook about and stocks. The, and anytime anyone asks any question, they're say, oh, like, go. go follow this guy. I recommend you're going to make money a thousand yeah. a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's, see, it's just this, like. It's wild. It's kind of like, uh, what is it called? Multi-level marketing when yeah. people are like. Oh, I'm I'm looking for essential oils. Oh, go buy the yeah. you know I sell this. Yeah. You can join my company and yeah. just constantly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna I've put my toe into the water and we're gonna see how how it goes. Um, but the next story and the last story is another story about the royals. Mm -hmm. In this instance, it's about that dreaded prince. <laughs> Prince Harry. The prince who shall not be named. Yeah. The article says, The Bonkers Free Speech First Amendment Protects You Too, Harry. That's the title of the article. It's not just a tool for enemies of the mollycoddled woke left. So basically, Prince Harry has come out and made a critical statement or criticized the First, First Amendment. Amendment. Let me see if I could find a direct quote. Um, let me see if I could find a direct quote. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 
Why did you choose this song tweet? I thought there was another one. Four days ago, Prince Harry called the First Amendment bonkers. <laughs> anyway, let's just stick with that. So he's criticized the First Amendment. It's fascinating. So he's made himself unwelcome on both sides of the Atlantic. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's made things terrible for himself here in the UK, and he's made a thing. He's making things terrible for himself in the US. The guy is a pariah, um, but he it just it feels like he's just being led around by his wife. These are all statements that I could easily see coming first from the lips of this malarkey. It, I found the exact quote. He said. I've got so much I want to say about the First Amendment, as I sort of understand it, but it is bonkers. Mm. That's all he said. Mm. It must have been a fleeting comment, but everyone's jumping onto it because well. he's already hated. <laughs> 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 but I do yeah. think we should also mention the last thing, I said, because it has to do with mm. Harry, and he just said it today. Oh, the, uh, commenting about his family news.sky.com Harry accuses royal family of total silence and neglect and says he turned to drink and drugs as an adult over Diana's death Hmm. this was just published today at 4pm I think I saw some quote where he says my father told me I suffered and so you will too really? yeah I think I I saw that let me see if I can play this what does this play? thought my family would help but every single ask request warning whatever it is just got met with total silence or total neglect so that's a clip from the me you can't see on apple tv just woe is me oh that they they got that contract with uh, netflix isn't it was it netflix or someone else as well netflix in it and in it it sounds. It just seems like they're, we're going to be hearing more and more about, from Harry and Meghan. Yeah, and it's going to be more and more how the royal family is horrible to them, and how you mm. know mental instability is all blamed on the royal family. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to keep going. It's a real <laughs> disaster. He's going to end up being worse than Princess Diana was than to... his great uncle or whatever the guy who abdicated. Oh yeah, for Wallace. Simpson or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. her name was. I mean, he was a he, he at least drifted into France quietly. I don't think he did much fanfare. Mm-hmm. But Harry signing contract after contract. He uh, he wanted a career, I guess. <laughs> this is the career he wanted. <laughs> he wanted privacy, so he went public. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So did uh did Megan's gonna give birth soon or something with the second? Did she already? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> but back to his free speech comment. It just it goes to show he's English, but he he's lost his politeness. It seems as well. Mm. Um, to go into a country that's hosting him, and it's kind of like how we criticize the NHS while being here. Maybe. <laughs> The NHS isn't like written into some First Amendment. It's written into the hearts of every British person. (laughs) Two tablets of law. I don't know. I think criticizing the NHS is very different than criticizing the First Amendment. I don't think it's comparable. No, it's more like criticizing the Second Amendment. I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> there are sacred cows. Um, and in the U.S., I think flag waving patriotism is one of the sacred cows, but that sort of goes hand hand in hand with um, with uh, the Second Amendment. Mm. But um, but you can't you can't have the First Amendment without the Second Amendment. You can't defend free speech without the ability to defend it. And he um, to say that this, the First Amendment is bunkers is yeah, it's like coming over here and saying. I don't know, common law is bonkers or... I don't understand common law, but... Yeah. Nor do I. I just, <laughs> just in broad strokes. But um, yeah, he's just under the complete control or influence of malarkey. Yeah, he is. It's just it's stunning. It's stunning how he has become captive. He, of course, is by his own choice. Um, but he is espousing every woke talking. Track, I know. Every, uh, to weird. the T, to the T. Um, yeah. I think it's it's going to be good in the sense that the, the silver lining is that we'll, I think Prince William will be able to pivot and say. I wonder if know, that's why Prince William spoke out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like we're hearing more from Prince William now, maybe because mm-hmm. Prince Harry is speaking out so much. So you have mm-hmm. to balance out the voices you hear from the royal family. I think they need to be stripped of their titles. Yeah, I think so. But, um, yeah. So those are two royal topics maybe people are uh, overwhelmed by the interest in the royal family. But I think um, I think Americans tend to be what fascinated by the royal family. Yeah, I think so. And there is something to be said in the stability and longevity of uh, of a constitutional monarchy. After all, it's been since Hastings and William of Norman of uh, of Normandy. Mm-hmm. A thousand years, hasn't it? Was it 10, 1066. 1066. Um, so coming up on a thousand years mm. um, in 45, in 35 years, yeah, 35 years, it will be 1,000 years of a, of a royal line um, mm. um, of, a, of, a, of a monarch in England ruling these isles. So America is just 200 some odd years old. Um, so you, there's a lot to be said, uh, about the longevity of the Royal family and the, these institutions. Um, so it's, I'm curious and eager to see what, what William, Prince William will do as a monarch. Yeah, I think but you Charles know, is going to be a sort of a disaster. Yeah. But how long will we have to put up with him? You think with, with Prince Charles? As yeah. Yeah. Not very long. I I don't know. I, I I think he's probably got twenty years maybe left in, left him. in him. What's he seventy five, seventy six, or something? Is he's he in that his seventies? Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. So I think the queen had him in her early twenties, mm-hmm. and she's ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. So he's definitely in his mid seventies. I would oh, suggest. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So yeah, he'll have maybe ten, ten, okay. fifteen years. I think. Poor guy. 
Do you think he like wanted to be king for a long time? And I think so. I think it was like, his greatest so ambition. Yeah, he's like, come on, mom, die. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but, but, everyone's worried that he's gonna mess things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But talk about a model, a model couple with William and Kate. Um, yeah, they, they seem really. And she is just stable. so dutiful. Mm-hmm. So dutiful and giving him child after child. I hope they have more. Yeah, I hope so. Because if if anything, it just sets kind of sets a standard. Mm. Um, where she's devoted, they're both serving the country in the way that they can. Yeah, and um, a shining example. But anything else to close? Those were my three topics. I just um, when you were talking about the First Amendment and the Second Amendment, it just mm. reminded me of a Babylon Bee heading. Mm. Mm. It says the nation that revolted over three pence tax on tea are now pretty cool with the government locking everyone in their homes. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. It's true. Yeah. Well, anyway, do you think uh, we'll get out of COVID sometime soon? We'll get out of... The lockdown's being lifted, right? In the UK? I don't know. There's a bit of wobbling over the so-called Indian Indian variant. I mean, wasn't, um, yeah, the 17th, everything was supposed to be, we can now meet indoors. Yeah, but what's in question is the June whatever, whatever. date where everything's mm. going to supposed to be back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. I think many Brits like aspects of the lockdown <laughs> and they want them to stay. They do? Yeah, certain aspects. Like, I think staying at home. Avoiding people. This is right <laughs> up their alley. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, yeah, that's the end of this podcast. I hope mm. you guys enjoyed it. It was a little slow today, I think, but we had mm. a really busy week and mm. both of us are really exhausted. So mm. looking forward to just chilling out this weekend. Uh, and we'll have, I don't know, should we start some sort of way for people to contact us? If, any questions they have or comments? Feel free to send emails to thepostmodernfamily at gmail.com. Yeah, we can answer send your, e- questions, your questions, comments. We'll read them and address them, and it should be fun. Yeah, and then go on to the podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. Only five stars, And a great please. positive review, and hopefully we'll be able to interact with you guys more. Thanks for listening. See ya. Bye. Bye.